This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Talk of Connecticut Channel 3 early warning weather. Partly sunny, windy, quite cold today. A snow shower possible. Winds will gust to 35 to 45 miles per hour, a high of 30. Tonight, partly to mostly cloudy with a chance for some snow developing after midnight, especially along the coast. Windy and cold, a low of 18, but the wind will make it feel much colder. And then tomorrow, a chance for light snow in the morning, especially in southern Connecticut, then clearing and breezy, a high of 32, 21 degrees in Hartford. It's 20 degrees in Colchester, 19 degrees in Enfield. Good morning. Welcome back to Brad and Dan. I'm Dan Lavallo. Brad is away. He will be back next week. By the way, this very cold weather. Some might even say unseasonably cold. The temperature below normal, even for December, could lead to some of the warming centers opening in various areas, including in the city of Hartford. And the mayor has let me know that uh, when that happens, he'll inform us and we'll pass the information along to you. Big vote tomorrow by the FCC to remove net neutrality protections. What does that all mean? Well, joining us now and he's just a tech expert. He knows technology like you can't imagine inside and out. I invite you to visit his website, lon.tv, where he's got quite a following. I haven't talked to him in a while, but always a pleasure to welcome to our Touchpoints Rehab interview chair, Lon Seidman. Lon, good morning. Good morning to you. How you been? I've been great. How's the family? Family is very good, growing fast, and uh, having a great time. Well, that that's terrific. Lon, I, I want to start with net neutrality. First of all, explain to our audience, because they might not even know, although they hear the expression all the time, the term all the time, what is net neutrality? So net neutrality goes back to kind of the, the, the philosophy of the Internet when it first formed, which was that no traffic should be favored over any other traffic. So if I'm looking at your website, for example, um, you should come in at the same speed and time as it would be if I was coming from looking at one of your competitors' websites, for example. And that's kind of the, the foundation of, of what this argument is about. And what has happened without net neutrality? Do the big companies control the traffic flow on the net? Well, what's been interesting is that they, they do um, because the Internet is a network of networks, and those networks have largely been privately owned from the get-go. So that, that's been you know, really the, the economic reality of it. And what's happened over the last 15, 10, 15 20 years or so is that um, the FDC and the government and, and you know, people have been trying to maintain this philosophy that all traffic is equal on the Internet. Um, but what's happened over the years is that Netflix has come into being, YouTube has come into being, and these are services that put tremendous amounts of data on the network. And the ISPs, like the Comcast and the Verizons, have been saying, hey, we, you know, we, we can't afford to keep uh, dealing with all this increasing video traffic without getting compensated. And uh, that's where we're kind of at right now, which is that they've been um, hoping for some control over what's coming into their network and maybe trying to extract some revenue from the, the content creators that are putting those tra that traffic on their network. Which then, of course, the content creators would pass the cost along to us, right? That's Sure, that's one possibility. And in, you know, currently, 
um, Netflix is already paying the major ISPs for you know fatter pipes into their networks. Um, so to some extent, this has been going on already, but it was happening not at the consumer level, but at the backbone level, um, where a couple of years ago, um, Comcast had basically limited the size of the pipe that Netflix traffic was coming in on, and they had to negotiate a direct deal. And as you know, some people, me included, have a difficult time wrapping their minds around this, but I like to use the illustration of trying to squeeze, uh, particularly if you're using a service like a Netflix that's providing video and uses more of the internet. It's trying to squeeze a volume of traffic onto a two-lane road. Would that be a way of describing it? Yeah, to some degree. I mean, you know, what's happened with Netflix over the last couple of years is that um, as we all upgrade our TVs to these new 4K sets that uh, can stream video at very high resolutions, um, you're now looking at three to four times the data traffic that you were using with your 1080p set. Um, so the volume is certainly increasing. The argument that the content providers are making is that these ISPs are making a ton of money, they have plenty of bandwidth available, and they're artificially creating the scarcity. So um, that's been the back and forth here. And the big Internet companies feel threatened by this because uh, Comcast could decide, you know what, we're going to charge you with hold to enter our, our thing, and if you don't pay, uh, guess what? Comcast and Verizon also own content providers themselves. Comcast, of course, owns NBC and a movie studio and radio stations, I'm sure. Um, so they could favor their own content because they also own the connection to the customer homes. And that's really what this is about. Now, is it expected to be repealed tomorrow? What's the vote going to be, two to one? Yeah, I would imagine it to go down on party lines, and I, I would expect it to be repealed. In fact, the FCC is already um, planning to uh, work with the FTC about how um, – terms of service are going to be enforced under this new, this new ruling. Now, it's interesting. This is kind of going back to where things were a few years ago where we didn't have this regulation. Um, so I think the ISPs initially will be reluctant to move quickly on this just because it, it, there's going to be some bad optics if they do too much too quickly. But the one thing that I would look to is that many ISPs limit your amount of data you can use in a month. So in Connecticut right now, <coughs> Comcast hasn't implemented this yet, but uh, in other markets, they are limiting uh, your, your consumption to one terabyte of data a month. And if you go over that, you pay extra. And what I would anticipate happening is that Comcast and the other ISPs doing this will start um, offering um, options where if you stream YouTube uh, or maybe their own product versus YouTube, uh, the Comcast product won't count against that data cap. Ah. You know, and then... Uh, you know, you'll start throttling yourself and maybe favoring um, video services that don't eat against that cap. And of course, if you are the video service, you can pay um, so that you don't have you don't fall under the cap. And that, of course, gives uh, you know a, a priority perhaps to the people that can afford to pay for it. And I think in, in the end, this may actually strengthen Google, Netflix, and and all the other big uh, tech companies that can afford to pay their way out of the meter. So I guess initially, will we will the consumer at home really notice any changes? I think you're going to see um, the, you know, the, this data cap come into place pretty quickly once this passes here in Connecticut. Um, and I think a lot of consumers are going to start seeing their bills going up because they're breaking that cap. And what will end up happening is, is they're going to get services marketed to them that uh, don't eat up against that cap. They might cancel their Netflix subscription, for example, if Netflix isn't part of this thing. Um, I think you'll see Comcast saying, hey, you can stream our content uh, for free, 
And if you're a parent of a kid and your, your data is getting consumed in <laughs> gigabytes by the second, uh, you're going to maybe limit how often your kid watches YouTube, for example. And that, of course, could material impact my business. So um, this is definitely something I think is going to be a slow burn. But um, ultimately, all the ISPs saying they're not going to throttle and block content. And I believe them because really, I think consumers are going to be doing the throttling and the blocking to prevent hitting their data caps. Now, one terabyte. I know for for some that's a lot of memory, but when you start streaming video, is that a lot? Not really, especially again as we start looking at all these 4K TVs. I mean, you can't walk into a store now and not buy a 4K TV yeah. if you're buying a TV. Um, and by default, Netflix is going to give you the best possible video quality you could you could get on that television, and that uh, again streams anywhere from three to five times more data per second <laughs> than. Uh, the uh, the other uh, lower resolution formats do. So I, I think it's possible to hit that, that cap very quickly. If you've got a family of four who are all streaming stuff, mm. um, it, it, will hap- it will add up pretty quickly. Now, you mentioned 4K, which is the latest rage. For people who don't know, what is that, double 180p? Uh, it, it's four times. Four times? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, pretty, it's pretty crazy when you've got um, some, some really high-quality video running through there. And, and a lot of the TVs now are, you know, are coming in in the four or $500 price point or less, yeah. uh, supporting that resolution now. So it, it's really the new standard. Is the difference that noticeable between a 4K and a 1080p? Yes, um, if you've got the right content. <laughs> and that's always the key. Um, there's a bunch of, um, if you have a 4K TV, what I would suggest is going on YouTube and doing a search for 4K uh, 60 frames per second. There's a lot of um, sample content up on YouTube that looks outstanding at that resolution, and it really does make a difference. Now, YouTube has been pushing, as you know, YouTube TV as a way to cut the cable cord, but it depends on where you live as to whether you get local channels. Where do we stand here in Connecticut? Do you know? I, I don't know if they've... They've come here yet. There are some other options like Sling TV and a few others. And, you know, that's another example of something that would eat up against your data cap. Um, because if Comcast says, hey, we can give you TV services with no count against your cap, that might put them at a competitive advantage. So, right. um, but one thing that's interesting about all this stuff is that for, for decades, uh, the content pr- providers like ESPN and other cable networks have been charging the cable companies by the subscriber and forcing them to carry certain networks on their base um, pet TV packages. Right. And now the tides have turned. Um, so now cable can start getting money out of these content creators, and I think that's driving a lot of this. <laughs> it's kind of revenge. You well, know? I mean, and I've got to tell you, you're talking about my pet peeve when they package stations that people aren't going to watch or I'm not going to watch right. just so I can get a specific station. That drives me crazy a And that's why people are leaving. Yeah. Um, that's why they're dropping their cable subscriptions. Yep. Listen, did I hear where Amazon is now on Apple TV? Did I, did I read that? Yes. And what's funny now is that YouTube has pulled themselves off of Amazon Fire TV boxes. <laughs> and, you know, you think about the, the irony of this is that you've, you've got Google, um, you, know, re, you know, against net neutrality and against blocking, yet they are blocking their own service from an entire class of devices. So it, we're in a really weird time. Now, why did YouTube do that? Um, I think they've been trying to work out a deal with um, with Amazon, and the two of them have been at odds over some other issues because Amazon refuses to sell Google's TV streaming boxes, and and this is just corporate, you know, stuff. And yeah. unfortunately, consumers are suffering because of it. Have you seen or tested the iPhone 10 yet? Yes, I own one. Oh, you do. Yes. Well, give us a review. So I love it. Um, 
you know, I've been an iPhone user for a long time. Um, what's nice about it is that it has the camera system that the larger Plus phones have, mm -hmm. but it's about the same width of the the smaller seven and six phones. Right. So you get a screen that takes up the whole the whole front of the phone. It's a little bit larger than the the prior edition because there's no bezels on it. Um, and the battery life is fantastic. In fact, I was just at Disney World using the phone all day, and it, it got through the whole day. It was wow. working pretty nicely. Great camera system. Too. Did it take a difficult time getting used to not having a physical home button? I, you know, I thought it would, but surprisingly it didn't. Um, I've got a review up on the channel, so you can check it out. I covered that um, in that review because I was really expecting some, some adjustment, and it really was a very smooth transition for me. And what about the, the the screen filling up the entire well, really the the, the whole phone? What about that? It's be, it's a beautiful screen. Um, it looks nice. Um, you know, you get a lot more real estate for reading things and stuff. So um, it, it it really they did a nice job on this. And the screen they're using is a is a new te newer technology for Apple. It's been on Samsung for a while. Uh, it's called OLED, uh, which is a screen that is is not using a backlight to illuminate itself. Every pixel illuminates individually. It's a similar process to what like a firefly has in its body for lighting up at night. Right. Um, and it, uh, it will ruin you for other screens once you look at it. So I have to upgrade my TV now to an OLED TV. Oh, well, my TV yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing the LJ OLEDs particularly are excellent TV sets. Yeah, in fact, I have one on the way. I just ordered one. Oh, <laughs> so I'll do a, a review of that one shortly. It's an LG? Yes. All right. Yeah. Wow. Now, from a protection standpoint, should people get protection? I, I, obviously, they should, I, I believe, take advantage of the warranty. But, I mean, as far as a case and protecting the screen on an iPhone 10, what should they do? Yeah, I would say a case is a probably a good thing. Um, I would, you know, I always been loath to recommend extended warranties, but the, the Apple Care warranty on these phones might be worth it. Um, Apple has a kind of an interest-free lease you can do on the phone where you, you pay X amount a month, and that includes the Apple Care. Uh, then at, after the end of the first year, you can turn the phone in and get a new one. Um, Apple Care gives you, uh, I think, two uh, phone repairs for a $50 deductible mm -hmm. um, if, you, if you drop it. And the phone is all glass. The back is glass because wow. it supports that wireless charging, and mm -hmm. the front, of course, is, is the screen in glass. <laughs> so so don't drop it. I have an iPhone 7 Plus. Would it be worth it for me to upgrade? Would I notice that much of a difference? Not really. Um, and that's been the, you know, kind of the story of these mobile phones is that you know, from one year to the next, it's kind of an incremental thing. Mm -hmm. um, but if your phone is two or three years old, then it's a pretty decent upgrade. The cameras have been the most improved uh, component, but... Uh, my wife still has my 7 Plus that I had used up until a couple weeks ago. And the, cam the photos we were taking at Disney World were as good out of there as they were out of this one. Okay, well, I'm going to hang on to my iPhone 7 Plus. You enjoy your iPhone 10, Lon, always a pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with us today, and you and your family enjoy the holidays. We certainly will. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Take bye, -bye. Lon Seidman, Lon.TV. Check it out, all his reviews, Lon.TV. Coming back. Following your money now.